0: This is Podco Media Networks. Hello, all. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Global Citizens Podcast. I'm currently back in Accra, Ghana, social distancing and on lockdown like most of the world, in an effort to stay safe and stem the spread of COVID 19, the coronavirus. I recorded the next interview earlier this year, and it is a right-on-time prompt to open our minds to new possibilities in our relationship with Mother Nature. Please do listen, comment, and share. This week, I am in New York City, Brooklyn, my other home, and I'm with one of my longtime friend-circlers, Mr. Ozio Highsmith. Ozio comes to the podcast from a different place than my guests that you've heard previously. Ozio is a military brat. He's lived all over the world in the U.S. And he's settled and growing a family here in New York. And he describes himself as a renaissance man with a service mission. We spent some time this summer on the land. And I was inspired by what he's working on and what he's doing. And I said, look, I want you to be a part of this podcast. So his kind of local citizenship is, I think, something that we're all eventually going to need to move towards. And so that's why I want to have this conversation with Ozio. So Ozio. Yes. Tell us more about you. Where you're local and why.
1: So I have been in New York since 1994, I believe. Okay. Maybe it was 93. 93. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I've been here since then and I came here when I was 18 years old from South Carolina I wanted to come up here for the performing arts I wanted to be basically Theo from the Cosby show okay so I was like I want to be that guy how can I be that guy so yeah I came up here to pursue performing arts and
0: and you actually did it and I did it. Yeah, I did yeah, it. Yeah. You got know? you wave your flag, sir, because yeah. we've seen you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I've, I've been around. I've been around.
1: Yes. Very blessed. Very blessed. Wasn't easy. You mm-hmm. know, very competitive world out there. But yeah. Yeah. To, I guess how many years later now? Twenty five years yeah. later now. I am, uh, you know, I have a family, a beautiful wife and kids mm-hmm. and looking on the other side of my life like you know how can I get out of New York City now and Mm -hmm. how can I Mm -hmm. just uh how do you say see myself getting to the other side of myself okay right you know I don't see myself being here in the city when I'm very very old Mm -hmm. I've traveled a lot so I would like to free my brain from this concrete and and steel of the city so I found some property upstate Mm -hmm. that you came to Mm -hmm. and it's really helped me to get to understand myself and my place on this world a little bit better
0: Mm -hmm. okay so just to reel it in a little so you're local ish in brooklyn Mm -hmm. just a little bit and your craft has been the arts Mm-hmm. So we've seen you on television, film, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've done voiceovers, mm-hmm. like you've done it all. I've done it all. So we'll, we'll put a little bit of that in the show notes. Ozio's been a little bit shy about his New York Hollywood, but he's done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did it, I did it. Yeah, he's done it. So we'll put a little bit of that in the show notes so you get a sense of the Ozio that is now finding his other side. Tell us more and tell our listeners more about your background and inspiration. Like you mentioned living around the world and being military. So what inspired you in the art space? And then you've kind of talked about what inspired you now to go back to the land. But let's start with your creative self and then move into your next phase of the creative you. Sure. I
1: think that being a military brat and traveling all over the world, I watch a lot of TV, like say... Being in Europe, you know, we lived on military bases. Mm-hmm. So it was like being in a foreign country, but on U.S. soil. We basically stayed on those bases, and we watched America from a distance. Mm-hmm. Like in the 80s, looking back, I was basically in Germany from 1981 to 1989. That was a very pretty influential time and. I would say our cultural history, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot of break dancing and Michael Jackson. Right. And, you know, it's like 81 to 89. So it was like everything yeah. was off in there, R&B or, you know, everything. And so we're in Germany watching on TV. So we kind of soaked yeah. that stuff up a yeah. little bit harder, a little more voraciously. We're eating American culture. And so I wanted to be in the TV.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, like, I gotta be in the mm-hmm. TV. Mm-hmm. And just a little thing in the back of my mind growing up, and uh, I figured if there was ever a place that I ever wanted to like be, like one place, it would be New York. There was no other place. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a home home because right. we traveled. I chose that to be my home home in my mind, and I kind of set out to get to New York. And once I got here, I, I was already pretty much prepared I basically came here and took me a little bit of time. took me about a year to get my footing. But uh, once I got my footing, I put myself in an acting school and worked and played.
0: So this is now the 90s, right? So early 90s. This is the 90s, yeah. Yeah, And that was a party time.
1: It was a serious party time, you know? I mean, coming to New York and going out and, you know, hanging out with, like, I guess New York royalty. Yeah. You know, at the time. It was it was yeah. crazy, you know. Like I remember hanging out with like Tretch from Naughty by Nature and Salt yes. and Pepper. Yes. Yeah, I'm hanging out exactly. with these people like Madonna. There was just so many just all of our superstars, they were all around. It
0: around. was a very different place than the New York we live now because yes. New York I kind of feel like there's a New York before bling and a New York after bling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that is kind of the juxtaposition that you came and went through, right? Definitely. And recently I was watching a program, uh, National Geographic, on Generation X, because we are Gen X. And what mm-hmm. you described as you're growing up watching television is who we were. What we knew and what we saw was because we saw everything on television. We saw MTV come. Mm-hmm. We saw BET. We saw the music video became our reality TV. Oh,
1: yeah. And, and we so, knew every, I mean, whether it was rock or rap, we knew both songs.
0: You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, like, we consumed all of it. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we had just well-roundedness mm-hmm. and ability to move in so many different circles because mm-hmm. of that. And not to say that, you know, millennials don't have that. I think there's just a different depth
1: For to sure. the experience. I think it was a lot more clean cut and almost, it was pure. You yeah. know, rock and roll was pure. We knew the difference between like the rock bands in the '80s. You could tell, like right. you know, you knew the difference. Yeah. And even though we knew the difference between Motley Crue and Anthrax, right? You know, yeah, I mean, like, exactly. uh, like we know, like Twisted <laughs> Sister, and we watched all those videos. We got yeah. down with it, but like society yeah. was the thing that kind of put caps on things. You know, right? But it didn't stop us from eating it. Yeah. You know, consuming it. Yeah. You know?
0: Exactly. And so thinking about the move from Bling, I feel like a lot of us were kind of like, ah, this Bling thing, whatever. And so I feel like that might, in my mind, is how you've now come to transcend because you were in it, you were in this thing that just became so superficial that it's like, okay, whatever, what's next? And so now your craft is something a little bit different. So tell us about bushcraft.
1: So bushcraft is basically... Learning how to survive and thrive in the woods Mm -hmm. using the environment around you, being able to recognize your environment as your palette for whatever it is that you need. If you need to make a fire, there's wood. If you need to make a fork, you make yourself a fork. If you need a spoon, you make yourself a spoon. Whatever it is that you need, nature provides if you have the wherewithal to look within yourself and... Become one with the land because people's been doing this forever. You can create weapons, tools, things that you use every day from the land. (laughs) And so I find that to be fascinating because I'm a consumer. I was a consumer. I'm a New Yorker and I consume TV. So I bought stuff. I was a shopper. I bought a lot of CDs. I bought a lot of jewelry. But with being outdoors, you realize... It's not about buying stuff, it's about experiencing the outdoors. Yeah. Experiencing yourself in this environment, which is different from your indoors. It's the outdoors. Right. I just never had a a connection with the outdoors because I was so connected with the city. Urban living. We're urban living, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Or being in the city, just mm-hmm. I just no way. You're never gonna I'm never gonna go, you know, I go up. my friends over the Hamptons in their houses and then back to our cars back to the city wasn't really into hiking wasn't really into fishing and just the outdoor things that most outdoorsy people things they do right and I think it's totally understandable because my focus wasn't there Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of focus to do something new and to apply yourself to learning something as vast as enjoying the outdoors. How do you mm-hmm. do that? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to find the outdoors and you have to get to it. Mm-hmm. And then you got to relax. If I was going to get to anything and relax, it's going to be a beach. Yeah. And then I was going to relax. So I'm really good at that. Yeah. You know, I didn't need any, yeah. you know, I did that for 20 years and that's fantastic. Now you can always go back to global beaching. Yeah. You know, just finding yeah. a beach in the globe anywhere. But the outdoors, being in the woods and hiking and getting to know how I deal with the elements It's very satisfying for me. It's a challenge, Mm -hmm. So tell
0: us, how did you get to your outdoors? The process, like identifying the land, how you and your family decided, like tell us how that journey. Well, we've been camping for, since
1: 2005. Okay. So we've been camping Bear Mountain in Jersey and upstate for the last, since 2005. So for 15 years, I've had a tent, Mm -hmm. but we were glamping. We would go on glamping trips with our friends, we bought more tents for our friends, big tents, 12 person, 14 person tents, mm-hmm. you know, so that we can all glamp. And we didn't do that too often. We probably did that once every couple of years like camp, but it was just normal. You know, we were just camping. It was almost like going to the beach, but we were going to the woods To the and <laughs> we were hanging out. And you know, we had a car load of, car full of like everything that's in our kitchen is in the car, yeah. you know, everything in our bedroom is in the car. Glorified car camping, glamping. Yes. Around 2014, my wife and I, we were like, you know, let's try to find some property upstate. So we, probably around 2014, we have some friends that are up there in Woodstock, and we were going to visit them a lot, and we started looking at property. Yeah, it took us a couple of years to kind of lock down, like, if we liked what we were experiencing. Mm -hmm. Because it's very different people up there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And so just being a black male and being a black couple, black family, you know, we're up there. We're like, hey, you know, this is new but it's for us too, you know what I mean? Like we don't have to be afraid to buy 10 acres here off in the woods somewhere, you know, this is for us too. This is our America. If we want to do that, then we can do that. You know, we can live that life. First step was to not be afraid to get out and do your own thing. And then you just start to get enamored with doing your own thing and being able to, I don't know, I'm not going to say turn into a farmer, but you know, when you're outside of the city, you have to be more self-reliant. There's right. no delis. Right. So you have to yeah. uh, enjoy the idea yeah. of being self-reliant. Right. Or else you're going to have run into some tough times. You know, <laughs> not living exactly. in a city, yeah. being away from your community yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just found it as a challenge. And over the last few years, I really accepted that challenge and accepted the fact that I didn't know how to take care of myself Mm -hmm. the way I I would like to. Could I go camping by myself? And I thought that I could, but I really didn't know how to go camping by myself. That inspired me. me, being an actor. It really just opened my brain up to a huge void in my life that I'm like, I need to experience that. I need to feel that. I need Mm -hmm. to feel Mm -hmm. what it's like to be scared in the woods. You know, Mm -hmm. like, why do you want to feel that? Well, I kind of, there's something in that that's I kind of want to feel. I want to know what it's like to be a little... Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. And then the reality sets on. It's like, it's not just that you're uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable while being black. Uh Which is, even for me, that's even more of a draw for me. Because I'm like, I love the fact that I am experiencing something that's raw. My demons, me, myself, just me alone. I hadn't felt that being in New York for 25 years, being in the city. But being out in the woods, walking at night with a flashlight in the woods, putting myself in that situation, I just hear my mother and father in the back. Oh, you know, get your butt in the house, boy. What are you doing (laughs) out there in the woods? Or these voices start coming in my head. And I... Was like no, you know. I know people are out here enjoying this. Mm-hmm. How did they get to that level? Well, it's taken them years of experience to get to the level of enjoying themselves and enjoying the darkness, you know, around them. Anything can happen to anyone, anywhere. You could be walking on the street in Manhattan, a yeah. brick falling your head. You could be taking a hike and a mountain lion may say, hey, you look tasty, you know, <laughs> and you come chase you. It's just you just don't know. But is that going to stop you from experiencing life? No. Make a decision. And so we made the decision to learn how to be more self-reliant and it changed our life. You have to do more research. It's like going back to school. You know, you got to learn Learning your environment, not only you're learning about the community that you're around, but you have to learn about the environment, learn about the trees, learn about growing patterns, learning about the weather, learning how to dress outside, learning how to protect yourself in strange ways being outdoors, being, I don't know, small things like lip balm. You know, it's just little things, but it's just like, yeah, that goes a long way, you know? Uh, There's a lot of little things that go a long way when you look at them differently, dealing with the outdoors. Sure. And you can be minimalistic about it. That's what I like about it, Mm -hmm. is that you can pack as much into it as you want, or you can carry as little as you need. The bottom line is that you're feeling alive. You're doing something, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's really about doing something, being active and feeling life feeling it you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being a little a little disoriented is good sometimes mm-hmm. I think you know yeah. not knowing what's around the corner is exciting and dangerous can be but it can be yeah. but it's also it's exciting
0: and it's a learning experience and it's a learning yeah. experience
1: so this yeah. is all definitely all about making myself a little uncomfortable yeah but I know I'm comfortable but I'm making myself a little uncomfortable sure Push to your edge. To my to edge, edge. Yeah, into a place that I haven't been before, for mm-hmm. sure. And then, place I haven't been before, being black. Because it makes a huge yeah. difference. You gotta say, I'm black at the end of it, because that keeps me grounded.
0: So let's peel that back a little bit, mm-hmm. because, and it kind of dovetails with my question about local speak. Mm-hmm. So I have this question I ask my guests about what you hear. And so I ask my guests to share a word or phrase or saying that's a meaningful part of your local experience and why you've come to value that as local speak. And so when you say being Black in this space of moving to upstate New York, and just to give everyone a little bit of context, you know, when people think of New York, they see New York City and they, they feel like that is definitely a melting pot. But once you get about an hour or two outside of New York, it's a very Americana type of experience where you don't see a number of people of color. You it's see, rural. Yes, it's rural. It's exactly. Rural. Exactly. That's what we have plenty of farms in New York. We have beautiful woods. I mean, I love my time there. We'll talk a little bit more about spending time on your land. But in the context of being black, what is some local speak on your land or in the area that might resonate with you or otherwise, maybe not in the context of being Black, but just when you are in your land, what do you hear that really resonates with you?
1: I think that, first of all, I've come to a place where I am not trying to develop a relationship with the community. I'm trying to develop a relationship with the land. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very important. Yes, The land dictates my disposition
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not like I'm moving upstate to join whatever it is that they have going on up there the local gun club right you know uh, I'm moving upstate to learn about what they've already been doing living in that rural situation got it it's best to try to understand how to be a rural person mm-hmm. than to try to be a city person in a rural situation mm-hmm. because being a city person in a rural situation is expensive So if you are going to go to a rural situation, I think it helps you out in your pockets to try not to buy, you know, to try to throw money around in the woods. It's like, no, people are taking care of themselves. A lot of people, you know, they cut their own grass. They get rid of their own vermints or Mm -hmm. varmints. That's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got to be able to take care of yourself. Yeah. And the community serves a different role. They're like, A supporting role if you're already doing the right thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So you can't go into a rural situation. You can, but in a rural situation, you need your community Mm -hmm. to respect you Mm -hmm. or else you could be on an island by yourself. Mm -hmm. Say if bad weather or whatever and you're just if the community around you doesn't, you know, and then they say respect you and you're on your own. So it's best to have, like, a community when you're in the rural situation. So, you know, if you get stuck in the snow, if you're snowed in, you can have friends mm-hmm. nearby to let them know that you're alive. It's more oh. about letting them know you're alive. Right. If The telephone poles go down. You don't want to be all the way out there. So camaraderie and community out there and in a rural community, I find to be important. And also I find it to be kind of like a comforting state of mind. It's like, yeah, I'm coming up here to help grow your community and to help raise my awareness on how to exist in a rural situation. Sure. Because I didn't know how to do that. But a lot of times you meet people, say when you're in a rural situation, you go to, there's only one store. There's only one general store. There's mm-hmm. one hardware store. Mm-hmm. For miles around, it's like you have to um, adjust to that mm-hmm. type of mentality, mm-hmm. small-town mm-hmm. mentality, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. You can't just ignore that. It is what it is. Yeah. So did you kind and of
0: say that your global is hi, friend? Yeah, so yeah, hi, hey like,
1: friend. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to learn mm-hmm. more about the land,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
1: And uh, I'm willing to help mm-hmm. if you need my help. That's a different character for me to live in, too, being up there, for sure. Right. I mean, like, New York, people talk a lot. Here in the city, sure. we talk a lot, that, but it's like, oh, you really, you know, helping people here is a lot different than helping people upstate. Right. Or in a rural situation. Yeah.
0: Because there really is not land involved. There's not land involved. Yeah. And this is a city life mm-hmm. opposed
1: to rural life. Mm-hmm. I guess with my journey becoming more aware of the world and aware of the land, become more of an environmentalist because Mm -hmm. you start caring and Mm -hmm. not like littering. You start caring about Mm -hmm. like small things. And then it comes back to you. I used to be a smoker since I was 17. I was smoking cigarettes. I quit smoking cigarettes two years ago Uh because like with my discovery of the outdoors, I realized that. Smoking a cigarette while trying to become closer with Mother Nature, it didn't match up. It didn't, (laughs) it was, it just didn't make any sense. Yeah. Because I would smoke in the middle of the forest and then I'd be looking to somewhere to put the cigarette out up against a tree or or this. And then I want to throw my butt away and and then I'm littering. And then I even try to throw my butt into a fire that I made, but then the butt wouldn't burn. Wow. But then, then I was like, you know what? I got a problem. Uh-huh. I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. And I had to apologize to Mother Nature. Because I was like, wow, I've been so ignorant to yeah. myself that I apologize. And I'm going to stop. And I quit that day. That's amazing. Cold turkey. Yeah. Cold turkey. Just yeah. didn't make sense. Right. It was counterproductive. Yeah. Two years ago, that was when I kind of went all in with mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is good for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For me to see myself. Right. Right. For me to get away from the distractions of the city, which I was living in distractions all the time. Right. For myself, this was good for me. And I didn't care about anybody else. Yeah. I've made a change for the better. Mm -hmm. And I didn't need psychotherapy for it. You know, I didn't need to go and Everyone knows smoking is harmful. Yeah. But you have to come up upon that realization to quit by yourself. Yes. So I did that. And I really haven't looked back. It's empowering to know that I can make a choice and stick with it. And it's a choice sometimes to hold yourself back.
0: Thanks for joining us for part one of our discussion with Osseo Heisman. The conversation continues, same place, on your time, next week. If you haven't already, please do subscribe at globalcitizenspod.com or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll never miss a new episode. Bye for now.